everybody, and welcome back to Bear in Mind, the official podcast of AZA's Bear Tag. My name is Emily, and along with Lisa, we're so excited to be talking all things bear with you all. Today we're going to be diving into what the SSP program is. We're going to learn more about why it's so important, who's a part of it, and even talk with a program leader. Joining us today is Sarah Calandria. Sarah, thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Before we dive deeper into today's topic, can you tell us a bit about who you are and how you got started in the zoo field? Sure. I actually have always wanted to be an animal keeper. So it's been a lifelong dream that I've worked to achieve. And I got specifically started with bears about eight years ago. Awesome. Well, we are so happy to have you. And obviously, we are very partial to bears, as are you. To kind of kick us off today, Sarah, we throw in the, you know, AZA world, we throw around a lot of acronyms and abbreviations. So can we start off just with what does SSP stand for? Sure. SSP stands for Species Survival Plan. What is the purpose of an SSP? So an SSP basically keeps track of the genetics of all of the animals that are in captivity. We want to make sure, hopefully, that we have a genetically viable population so that should we need to repopulate the wild, we have the animals and we have the genetics to be able to do that. And that's really fascinating alone. I know with zoo guests at our zoo, and I'm sure I'm sure you all have had these conversations, but People always wonder, how do you get your animals or where did your animals come from? And when you explain an SSP and how breeding for so almost every species in an AZA zoo is coordinated like this, they're like, what? Like you, oh, it's like an automatic way to blow people's minds is just knowing and explaining how we all work together and how the system works. And it's really, really cool. So When you're in it and you become an SSP coordinator, it is not a small feat. It is not a small job. So when you're an SSP coordinator or a program leader or even a stud bookkeeper, you have to do this on top of your regular job. So what does it take to be an SSP coordinator or a program leader? It takes a lot of coordination (laughs) because you are working with multiple facilities sometimes at the same time. Anytime you have to move an animal, you're not only just making the recommendation that the animal move from zoo A to zoo B, you also potentially have an owning institution. So you have to get the permission of the owning institution to move that animal. You have to make sure that both of the institutions that you want to move the animal are okay moving the animal and everything in between. So you have to play politics a little bit, make sure that you're okay talking to both keepers and directors of zoos. You have to know how to talk to everybody. And then you have to be able to keep yourself organized. So on top, like you said, of your normal job. And for me in particular, I'm also a stud bookkeeper for the same species. So you have to keep yourself organized as far as when an animal moves, updating the stud book, updating your recommendations, updating the facilities, keeping track of who wants what animal, who needs an animal, who is getting ready to breed, who shouldn't breed, who's having a hard time breeding, (laughs) everything in between. So it's lots of spreadsheets and organization and just trying to keep good tabs on each institution. Um, For me in particular, Andean bears are very near and dear to my heart. So I'm a very hands-on SSP coordinator. I like to keep 
in good contact with everybody. I like to make sure that if they're having a problem, whether it's behavioral or breeding, that they know that they can come to me and that I'll be there to help guide them through. I don't want them to ever feel like they're off on their own and have no idea what's going on. Like I just pushed these two animals together and said, figure it out. <laughs> I want them to come to me and be able to video chat with me or have me come out and work with them to figure out what's going on. And I've done that several times, especially I took this over during right before COVID. <laughs> so I didn't get to go very many places, but we, I did do a lot of video chats with different facilities on learning how to put the bears together for the best possible breeding situation, things like that. So it's been really fun. That's really awesome. I know for myself personally, I never realized how much work goes into the program leader role. And I know we talk about the programs a lot and how important they are, but it's very cool to hear more about the people side of things. And you mentioned you've been really passionate about Andean bears for a while. When did you first start working with them? I got my start eight years ago. Um, it was kind of happenstance. I won't lie. <laughs> I wanted into a unit. I'd always wanted to work with big cats. And the unit at my facility that has the big cats also takes care of the Andean bears. The curator at the time was looking for an Andean bear keeper. I thought, okay, great. You know, I'll get my big cat fix in still and I'll work Andean bears. And within a week of working with them, I was like, nope, you can't make me move. I don't ever want to give these guys up. They're so special. They're so magnificent. They're so smart. They just won me over and I was head over heels for them ever since. So it's been about eight years with them. So Sarah, I completely agree with you. <laughs> just to just to put it out there for anybody who's listening, I, Sarah and I have very similar stories in terms of how we happened upon Andean bears and then immediately fell in love with them. So it's, they're just, there's just something about them. But so part of being the program leader of the SSP, so you're also the stud bookkeeper, which means you handle a lot of records. Is there, who else kind of makes up the SSPs? Is it the program leader? Do you have advisors? You work with the bear tag and then is it then holding facilities? How, kind of how does that work with the whole system? It's just me. I am the, the SSP and I am the stud bookkeeper. There's nobody that helps me through it per se. All SSPs do have a population advisor. So that's someone who does the calculations and produces the spreadsheet that shows you which male would be the best match for which female. And based on those numbers, the SSP then takes into account personality of the bears, the location of the bears, the age of the bears, things like that to decide, is this a good actual match? So for example, if I have a 28-year-old female and a 30-year-old male, and they're across the country from each other, but they're the best possible match, I'm probably not going to put them together. They're at the end of their life. They're very risky to move. There's no way I'm going to put the bear through that just because the number says that that's the best match. I'm going to look for younger bears that actually have a very good chance of breeding that are hopefully near each other. The younger they are, the farther I would be willing to ship them. <laughs> then you make your recommendations based on things like that. So the population advisor is involved. I am part of the tag because I am the SSP. The tag helps to deal with any issues if there's a facility that's not cooperating, we would go to the tag and have them help me out with advice and things like that. 
As far as advisors, the bear tag works different than some of the other tags. They prefer us to use their advisors. So any advisors that I have as far as vet advisors or nutrition or reproduction specialists, I go to whoever the tag has and use them. So like I have a AI project that I'm working on and person that I chose to work on it with is the bear tags repro person. That's awesome. And you just had Andy and Bear Cubs a couple weeks ago, or excuse me, a couple months, right? Yes, they are six months old now. That's incredible. It must be really rewarding to be able to have that manifestation with the cubs being there, just like all of your hard work and like the matches that you're making with the different zoos and the different bear pairs. That's really exciting. It really is. Been trying to breed for several years there. We had an older female who wasn't quite ready due to some health issues, but the male was certainly always willing to see her um, and they gave it their best effort (laughs) at producing cubs Um, but she it just wasn't her time and so when we got the younger female and she came in we put them together and lo and behold we have cubs her first breeding season so we were really lucky it took a lot of hard work to get them ready a lot of knowing when to put them together and when we would have the best chance of seeing breeding knowing when to separate then afterwards We've been completely hands-off and she's done everything fabulously. So Brianna is just a wonderful, I can't stress that enough. It's a lot for her. <laughs> That's awesome news and great to hear about Brianna being such an awesome mom her first time around. That's really great news. And I know it's kind of been overall kind of been a big year, year and a half, two years for Andy and Bear Cubs. So Knowing, you know, everything you've done, like you said, it takes a lot of organization. It takes a lot of work and you being in the thick of it as an Andean bear keeper, what would you say, or maybe if you can pick your like highest achievement thus far, or maybe your top three achievements as an SSP coordinator? So one of my top achievements, and I'll leave out specific facility names just because I would hate to say something, you know, that they didn't want out there. (laughs) But one of my my top achievements that made me feel personally really good was when a facility was having some trouble breeding. They have a young female, young male, and seemed to be breeding perfectly on their own, but just were never reproducing. Well, they reached out to me and talked to their upper management and were willing to try some of the management techniques that I talked them through. And after talking them through the management techniques and different things that they could try with separation of the female and giving her plenty of time away from the male, especially around the end when she should be nesting up and denning up, they actually were successful. So the female conceived, um, unfortunately, the cub did not make it after it was born, but she did conceive. She did give birth. So that was a huge success in my mind, regardless of what happens to the cub afterwards. Of course, we always want it to survive and thrive and live. It was a huge deal because it it showed us that this female was capable. There's nothing wrong with her. She has the ability to reproduce. So it was a huge success to be able to talk them through that and see it actually work. It was really rewarding. That's really amazing. I can't imagine how special it must feel being able to see those cubs and know that they're a direct manifestation of all of your hard work and knowledge and collaboration between other facilities. And I know, too, it must feel super special knowing that they're a direct link to helping to provide hope for those species in the wild, as well as in zoos. And I have something that I'm personally really curious about. You mentioned a lot of, like, signals of knowing when to put the bear together, kind of signals that mom is giving. How do you know all of this information? 
is this all like located in one general like area? Is there like a book? Is it all written down? Or do you just have all of this memorized? Because for, I know for myself personally, I don't think I could remember all of this. I feel like it would definitely be like falling out of my head. Yeah, unfortunately, at the moment, there is no husbandry manual. It's something that we're working towards. Um, it was passed on to me in the very, very beginning stages. So that's on the to-do list. But yes, all of it is experience-based and all of it's just up in my noggin. <laughs> well, and that just kind of shows you the importance of, you know, having people like you, Sarah, that are having these types of roles. So you have this experience, you have this wealth of knowledge, and you're in this type of leadership role that means that you can use it and then pass it on. So that while yes, having a husbandry manual is great, but still having that, like you said, like it's it's hard to explain, but just having that knowledge and having that experience so that then you can pass that on to other institutions, to other keepers and keep it going so that you're not the only one with that knowledge. And that's what we talk about in zoos a lot is like how, and Emily and I talked about it in the first episode, you know, how far zoos have come with well-being and how we care for animals. And it's, it's people like you, Sarah, that are able, you know, keep the, keep the tide turning and keep things moving so that our animals are getting the best possible, which is so awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think community is going to be a really big threat as we continue through this podcast. And Sarah, the community that you're creating for Andean bears and their caretakers is just really so incredible. And, you know, for Lisa and myself, one of the goals that we had when we started this podcast was really to highlight those communities that are found within AZA and those facilities. And for us specifically, we were focusing on bears, but really you can find those communities for pretty much any taxa, from songbirds to sharks to sloths and everything in between, which is super cool. And I know the Andean bear community has had a lot of really great achievements the past few years in terms of births and breeding, which is just so, so exciting. And I think that's a direct result of just like the passion that you have and really the community that you're cultivating. So thank you so, so much. It's really, really incredible watching all of the progress that you've all made together and the community that you're sharing with Andean bears is just so, so awesome. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> it's a joy to do it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I think that's about all the time that we have today. Do you have anything else that you want to share? Any closing remarks? Anything that we want to mention before we sign off? I don't think so. You guys are really good at covering a lot that has to do with the SSP. It's just a fun, a really fun thing. I would always encourage anybody to try to be an SS coordinator, SS coordinator, <laughs> an SSP coordinator if they can. It's a really good learning experience. It's a way to get to know everybody, especially if you know your species, but you do have to know your species um, because you will be the expert, for lack of a better term, for that species and everybody is going to come to you. And even when you know a husbandry manual or you know something inside and out, there's going to be those animals that are just going to flip things on their head and you're going to be like, I don't know. <laughs> Even with Andeans, you know, I know the breeding cues. I know everything like that. There's always going to be one or two that don't follow the standard protocols and you have to work through it. You have to figure out how to make it happen. So just know your animal and go for it. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And just, I love that you're being able to trust in your instincts and work together. I think that's really amazing. So Thank you. Yeah, I have to say it again. Thank you for everything that you're doing for the Andean bears and zoos across the country and the work that you're doing with other bear professionals. It's really incredible. Yeah, I second that. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to 
share any knowledge whatsoever about Indian bears. Awesome. Well, thank you so much as well to everyone out there who listened to this episode today. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you want to learn more about us, you can visit our website, beartag.org. If you want to find us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at AZA Beartag or on Facebook as Beartag. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us at azabeartag at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye guys. Bye.